Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are continuing and concluding our series, Selah, Summer in the Psalms. The reason we've gone one week into February is because Pastor Scott Thornton was with us and that just bumped out this series by one extra week. So we're finishing, concluding our series, Selah, Summer in the Psalms. But the good news is it is still summer at 37 degrees. Amen. Are you with me? The word Selah simply means to stop, to reflect, to take a breather. And we thought we'd do this over January because January traditionally is that time where you have some holidays and and you take some time out and you think about what matters most. And so we just think it's fitting for us to have a Selah moment and go through some of our favourite psalms. There's 150 psalms, so we could be doing this series for 150 weeks. We're not going to. We just got together and said, we're going to pick out a few of our favourite psalms or psalms that are on our heart right now. And I'm going to share a psalm with you this morning that's not only my probably favourite psalm, but probably a lot of your favourite psalms. It's probably one of the most well-known psalms that there is. And why I love this psalm is because it was the very first psalm that I learnt and recited off by heart. The motivation for learning this uh, off by heart was that my dad said, I'll give you a dollar, Tony, if you can say the 23rd Psalm off by heart. When I was just an itty bitty kid, and I, I remember trying to get this psalm around my head, and I go to dad, I think I've got it, I think I've got it, I think I've got it. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Oh, hang on, I haven't got it. I'll, I'll be back, I'll be back. But I'm getting that dollar. And I've got to be honest with you, my motivation was purely the money. You know, uh, but it's amazing that while the motivation at the time was the money, all the time it took me to be able to recite it, I got my dollar, I spent my dollar, I think I spent it that day. I think I spent it within the first half an hour. It was gone. But you know what remained? The memory of the 23rd Psalm. I can't even forget that even if I wanted to. It's just intrinsically etched in my mind. My dad did a good job of raising me. He knew what he was doing when he offered me one dollar to learn and recite the 23rd Psalm. And what I love about the 23rd Psalm is there's so much you can get from it, as you can with every Psalm, as you can with every scripture. But Psalm 23 is one of those I've spoken on numerous times in numerous ways and there's always something for us to glean from it. So if you would, turn with me to Psalm 23 or read on the screen. And verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though I, fought, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this psalm. And the reason it's worded the way it's worded is because David, who is the author of this psalm, was a shepherd. And he, as a shepherd, uh, saw the parallel between how he cared for his sheep and how God cares for his people. 
and, and uh, he was able to pen this particular psalm uh, as a result of what Paul Scanlon calls the art of capture. He was able to capture the moment and use the moment as a metaphor, as an illustration to highlight a God truth, a bigger truth than what was just taking place in the here and now. Had David been a mechanic, this psalm would have sounded a lot different, but he was a shepherd. If he had been a mechanic, he may have said, the Lord is my mechanic. And he drives me to the nearest petrol station. And we laugh and we joke and say, oh, stop being sacrilegious. No, no, no. I'm telling you, that's exactly what David did. And it's exactly what you can do. Maybe you can personalise the 23rd Psalm based on your vocation. And maybe you can use that as a bit of homework this week to make this particular Psalm live with you and for you all the more. David basically uh, used the art of capture, captured his lifestyle, captured his vocation, captured what he was doing and used that for God to speak to him. Are you with me this morning? And as a shepherd, he, he learnt that God, like he did for the sheep, would lead the sheep, would feed the sheep, would care for the sheep, would protect the sheep. And not only would he do this, but he would do this in every season. In the good seasons and in the bad seasons. In the hot, dry, dusty seasons and in the cold, wet winter seasons, David would do this. In the up times and in the down times. In the bright, sunny times and in the dark, valley times. You see, in Israel at the time, there was a real valley of the shadow of death. And this is a valley that David would have walked his sheep through numerous times as a shepherd. This particular valley was a steep canyon that was often in darkness because of how steep the canyon was. And it was only around midday that the sun would shine down and bring light. But all other times it was in darkness. It was in shadows of the canyon walls. And I believe it was there that David was able to pen and think about and reflect upon what we read in Psalm 23. Because let's be honest, we all face those valley seasons, those dark seasons. And this morning, I want to subtitle my message simply this, the shadows, or sorry, seasons in the shadows. Seasons in the shadows. So there's a few great things about dark valleys that we need to understand and know. And the first one is this, that dark valleys are unavoidable. We all have seasons in the shadows. They may look differently, but we all face them. We all carry a measure of pain at some level. Secondly, dark valleys are unpredictable. Uh, you just don't know when they're coming. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, if we could prepare for our dark valley seasons, it'd be a little bit easier to handle the dark valley seasons. But what makes dark valley seasons tougher to take is often they come at the worst possible times. Have you ever had a flat tyre? The thing about a flat tyre is not only are they annoying, it's where it happens. I mean, if you have a flat tyre and you're in the petrol station, it's not as bad. If you have a flat tyre and you're out the front of a mechanic's place, it's not so bad. But when you have a flat tyre in the middle of nowhere, that's a pain. And the trouble with our dark valley seasons are that they're unpredictable and they often pop up at the worst possible times, making a tough season even tougher. Is anyone out there this morning? 
Dark Valley seasons are also impartial. In other words, no one is immune. We all face problems. The good ones, the bad ones, the rich ones, the poor ones, whatever race, colour, creed you may be, dark valleys are impartial. In other words, in life, stuff happens. Even non-Christians understand this. They say it a little bit different than stuff happens. They say it another way. But for us wholly mature Christians, we say stuff happens. Because it does. And I've had stuff happen to me and you've had stuff happen to you. Going back only a few years, 2016, many of you know the story, but it was one of those years where a lot of stuff happened. And people would say, how could God do this to a church? And how God could do this to you? And how could He let this happen to a youth pastor? Etc, etc, etc. But you know what? We can argue and debate that question forever and ever and ever. Or we can say, you know what? Stuff happens. And I can't explain it. It just does. Stuff happens. Are you with me this morning? Dark valleys are impartial. Number four, dark valleys are temporary. Here's the good news. They have an end. They don't last forever. I don't know if you've ever been to the dentist. I'm going to be careful because we have dentists amongst us today. But when you're in the dental chair, five minutes seems like five hours. Are you with me? But it's still only five minutes. It just feels longer. And it feels like there's no end in sight. I was in the dentist recently, having not been for a number of years, I might add, and, and so there was a few bit of extra work to be done, and I was in there for a whole hour, and my, my jaw was getting very tired, and it started clonking. It was just, just kind of like, you know, I had locked jaws. Ah. It was one hour, but it felt like seven days. <laughs> I thought there was going to be no end, and then finally they said, we're finished. And I'm uh, looking at the time, you know, oh, so one hour. It felt a lot longer than that. Dark valleys can feel a lot longer than they actually are. It oh, forever. Have you noticed that? Dark valleys tend to exaggerate things. Oh, it's going on forever. No, it's just an hour. An hour out of your whole life. I mean, it's not that bad. And some of you just go for a checkup. It's like five minutes. Oh, just five minutes. Uh, are you with me? Tends to exaggerate things. So you have a fight with someone, and everyone hates me. Really? Here's a newsflash not everyone knows you. <laughs> they don't hate you, they don't even know you. That's what dark valleys do, they, they tend to exaggerate. But just remember, dark valleys are only temporary. And number five, dark valleys have a purpose. See, every season in life has a purpose. And valleys are no exception. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'm enjoying the hot weather. I love summer. I do. I'm a, I'm a summer person. I know some of you out there are crazy people and you like winter, you like the cold, you like the wet, you like the rain. I, I want to tell you, you're really not going to enjoy heaven too much. Because heaven's going to be beaches and it's going to be sun and sand and salt water. That, that's heaven. And so for you who like snow skiing, you're going to hate it. It's gonna, you know, but I, of course, I'm joking. I don't know actually how heaven's going to work with all these different personalities and likes and whatever. But we'll have an, our own idea of what heaven looks like. I, you know, I don't profess to know exactly what heaven looks like. But uh, I know it's going to be better than anything we've ever experienced here on earth based upon the scriptures. But, but this I know, your favourite season, if that's all you had, it would lead to problems. I love the sunny weather, but you know what? Sun with no rain leads to a desert. And if it's just rain and no sun and no respite, we get what we've got in far north Queensland. 
I promise you this. Anyone in far north Queensland who says, I love the wet weather, right now he's saying enough is enough. Uh, are you with me? Houses are being flooded and, and, and lives are being threatened. Any season without an opposing season becomes problematic. So there is a purpose to every season of our life. Even the horrible ones we don't like has a purpose in our life and for our lives. And I want to just highlight three things about dark valley seasons that can hopefully help us, bless us, encourage us and refresh us today. You want to know what they are? There are many more, but I want to just highlight three very quickly this morning. Number one is this. It's to deepen our relationship with God. One of the key purposes in a dark valley season is that we might deepen our relationship with God and ultimately even with others. You see, in verses 1 to 3, David almost talks in the third person. He says, this God, He leads me and He guides me and He directs me and He restores me. But in verse 4, there's a change of language. He moves from talking about this God to a more intimate personal God. He says, this God who leads me, cares for me, feeds me, etc. He says, you are with me. He's no longer talking about God, he's talking to God. He says, you're with me. You're for me. He says, your rod and your staff, they, they, they comfort me. In other words, it moves from a time where the ultimate becomes the intimate. Where the public becomes private. It's one thing for us to enjoy the presence of God in a public setting. But when we experience God at a private moment, it's even more powerful than what takes place at a public setting. It's where religion becomes a relationship. See, religion is a form of godliness. It does godly things. It can read the Bible. It can go to church. It can give tithes. It can give offerings. But none of that is Christianity in and of itself. Christianity starts with a relationship with God and out of a relationship we do all those things but if you're doing all those things without the relationship it's just religion and, and, and these dark valley seasons are times where we get to know God more and it moves our religion into a relationship with the living God and we move from talking about God or about other people's experience with God see some of you know that God loves the whole world the trouble is you don't know God loves you and my prayer today is that you would have a revelation, that the eyes of our heart would be opened, that we might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in order that you would understand just how much God loves you. He's madly and passionately in love with each and every one of us, not just the whole world. Some of us can grasp the whole world, but we can't grasp us. Wow, little old me, with all my faults and all my sins and all my shortcomings and all my bad thoughts, he is madly and passionately in love with each and every one of us. And it's in these dark valley seasons we have this opportunity to turn our understanding of God from him being out there somewhere to him being my shepherd, him being my God, him being my Saviour, Him being the lover of my soul, Him being the one who forgives me of all my sins and my mistakes. You say, oh, you don't know my sins and my mistakes. I know, but God does. And if we would just confess those sins to Him, He loves you that much, He'll actually forgive you, you, little old you, 
of all your sins, mistakes and shortcomings. He's our shepherd. He's the one who wants to be there with us and for us. And it's in these dark valley seasons that we can get to know God. You know, we talk about 2016 as a church as one of those years that had, you know, terrible things happen. And, but, but honestly, as I look back over 2016, for me, it was one of those years that, that marked a greater level of intimacy with God than I've ever had before. And so I'm conflicted about 2016 because, yeah, it was tough and, yeah, some horrible things happened. But personally, my understanding of God went to a whole other level. I had a fresh revelation about the grace of God that I don't know that I would have received without some of those things that we faced that year. And so I, I kind of I have a soft spot for 2016 because it's where I met God at a level I'd never previously met Him before. And that is true of all relationships. Yeah, if, you, if you'll be prepared to, to hang around, they, they can deepen your relationships. You know, I've been married on Friday for 27 years. In March, March 17th, Kath and I have been together dating for 35 years. Uh, that's a fairly long time. Some of you can outdo me. I, I know that's awesome. I love that. Our young people need to know that uh, you know, marriage can be longer than just a few weeks. We, we need to know that. We need to know that. But, but can I say, you know, we've been together a long time, but there are times we've had some dark seasons. I mean, Kath can be really rough with me at times. <laughs> she can be brutal. I mean, honestly. And I'm only saying that because she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> it's amazing how strong and courageous I am when she's not in the room. But, <laughs> but, but the reality is we've had some tough seasons. And, and, and uh, those of you who know me know that whatever I do, whatever I put my hand to, I'm going to do it with all I've got. And, and so, you know, when, we're doing, when, when things are going well, we, we, we're giving it all we've got. And, and when we're in the moment, we, we're just in the moment. But when we're fighting, it's going to be a good fight. <laughs> it's not a passive one. It's not a half-hearted one. I mean, when, when I'm fighting, I'm there. I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. And, uh, you know, that can bring pain. It can bring tears. It can bring anger and frustration. And we've had those moments over 27 years. Over 35 years, we've certainly had those moments. But what I can tell you, as a result of working through those dark valleys, those horrible moments, those moments where I've been out of line and Kath's definitely been out of line, those moments, <laughs> what we found as we've resolved and worked through those moments, those moments have served to help us go deeper in our understanding. And so I mentioned we've been together for 35 years in March, but here's the best thing. We've not only been together, but I'm more in love with her. I enjoy her more now than ever before. I mean, it was cute back then. It was fun back then. But it is so much better now. Why? Because I know her so much better. I, I'm only talking this way because I know her well and she's not here to defend herself. If she was here, I wouldn't say any of this. I, I know her. She'd kill me. <laughs> and it's amazing. You know, I, I mentioned my son doing this strength finder test. Woo. You know, he's a free spirit. You know, he, you know, discipline didn't kind of register on his top five. I don't reckon, think it re registered on his top I, I don't even know. I think he just crossed it out. <laughs> but, you know, I'll say this. He started a relationship with a young lady. I won't mention her name. But uh, she did the strength finder test because she's also doing the internship. And her number one was discipline. 
And what I know about them is that at this stage in their life, they really like each other and they're in the dating season. And, and you remember that if you're married now, remember the dating season, you're, you're finding out, you know, whether likes love and, 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 and uh, can we live with each other and, and can this work out possibly into the future? I want to tell you, their like that they have for each other right now, which I enjoy seeing as a dad, I really do. As, as a dad, it's what you want for your kids. You want them to find love and you want them to get married to the right person and all that stuff. So I'm all for it. But I know, you know, I know what love really looks like. <laughs> And if you can't handle dark valleys in a relationship, it's not going to last. And I promise you, without delving into too much of their relationship and asking questions on a daily basis, if they haven't had a fight or two yet, I'll be very surprised. You say, how do you know? Because I've been dating longer than a week. That's how I know. Because when you're that opposite and you've been that close for a period of time longer than a week, eventually some of those cracks are, are going to start to show and some of those personality traits are going to start come and the free-spirited nature of a guy that you like, that you love, that's what you liked about him, now he's frustrating you! <laughs> and the thing about that, that woman that is so organised and she helps you with your organisation, you just love him, now it's frustrating because I just want a little bit of spontaneity. I think I'm just talking about my marriage now. <laughs> I'll just get a couch and sit up here. Well, maybe I'm talking about every marriage, right? Who knows? Who knows? But, but this I know. If you can handle those moments, you'll go deeper in your relationship. And if you can take those moments, the guy's like, oh, I don't fully understand this woman that you gave me, but I do love her and, and I'm committed to this relationship and I'm not going to run. And, and I don't fully understand why a sickness almost took my life in 2016. I don't understand certain things around that time, but you know what? I know that you love me. I've questioned myself about a lot of things in my life. But one thing I've never questioned is that God loves me. I just know God loves me. And everything will be all right in the end. When we've been there 10,000 years, 10,000 years from now, we have this, all this millennia to experience the presence of God. There's a season in a dark valley. And one of those incredible reasons for that season is that we might go more intimate in our relationship with God, but also with others. And, and, and so if you're struggling with someone, don't just run. People change churches, change marriages. Just, and, and don't learn the lesson. If you don't learn your lesson in this church, God will make sure there's someone in another church that will help you to learn that lesson because he's committed to you. And if you don't learn your lesson in this marriage, whoever you marry next, you know, you're going to have to learn the lesson. You know, if you, have a, if, if you have a child, don't just have another child because you're struggling with that one. <laughs> That's why we've got three kids. We, we had one, oh, start again, oh, start again. Then we thought, you know what, we probably should work on our parenting. Forget having more kids. <laughs> That's why we stopped at three. Thought we better start getting better at parenting than just think another kid's going to solve the problem. Are, are you with me? Yeah. One, one of the key reasons of the valley season that we face is that we might go deeper and more intimate in our relationship with God. If I was to say to you, who wants to go deeper in their understanding of God? Who wants to go deeper in their uh, 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 intimacy with God? Couldn't think of a word. <laughs> I, still not the word I was actually thinking of, but anyway. We say, yeah, I want that. I want that. Well, God says, I heard that prayer. And he'll allow, not make, 
Not bring, but allow seasons to come in order to answer our prayers. It's like that prayer we prayed when we were young and dumb and we said, God, use me. And, and, and when we get used and we get upset, oh, use me. They, yeah, you asked for that. You wanted to be used. Now you're being used. Now you're complaining about being used. And so when it comes to intimacy with God, going deeper with God, one of the ways, one of the ways in which he does that is through the valley season. Secondly, it's to develop you as a person. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God will use valley seasons to develop you as a person, much like metal is put into fire and beaten in order to be shaped for a purpose. See, many of you this morning, you woke up and you got a bowl out of the cupboard and a spoon and ate some cereal. Or maybe you had some eggs on toast and, and you grabbed the cutlery, a knife and a fork. But what you don't know about that knife and fork and that spoon is it didn't always look like that. It used to look like a clump of metal. And in order for it to be useful in your hands and bring the purpose of helping you eat, it had to be put in fire. It had to be beaten. I mean, not just in hot fire. Sometimes like, the heat is bad enough, but then to be beaten while you're in, the heat can be hard to take. But when the process is done, a tool is made that's purposeful in your hand. And God wants us as tools in his hand to help him propagate the gospel. And in order for us to be useful and purposeful, he's going to develop us as a person through these dark seasons in time. Are you with me? God brings the heat in order to shape us. You know, Goliath was one of the greatest things that ever happened to David. David was a shepherd looking after the sheep, but then God brought some heat through this nine foot plus giant who was defying the army of the living God and said, give me a champion, our champion against your champion. Let's not have all this bloodshed. Let's not have this army fighting this army. Let's get your best and my best. We'll fight it out and the winner takes all. That's a problem, especially when you're a little kid. And you've just been looking after sheep. But that was the greatest thing that ever happened to David. Because this problem created a pathway and a doorway for him to move from being a shepherd to the king of Israel. David was the uh, greatest thing that happened to him was this nine foot plus giant called Goliath. And I believe some of the heat that comes our way this year is going to be the thing that develops us as a person. David was able to embrace the challenge. Will you embrace the challenge? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not I run away. He walks through the valley of the shadow of death. God didn't take him out of it. He took him through it. Don't run. Stay. Stay your ground. Hold your ground. Don't run. And in that season, make good choices. He says, I will fear no evil. I, I see David going through with the sheep thinking, valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm, I'm going I'm to keep walking. I'm going to make good choices. I will fear no evil. For God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And say, who do you think you are? No, I will fear no evil. Watch out, you're going to get attacked. I will fear no evil. Makes good choices. Are you with me this morning? Let's get the band up here. That'd be great. Number three is to increase your sphere of influence. In verse five, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup over." 
flows. In other words, when we understand the purpose of a dark season, a valley season, and we respond well, we'll not only have enough for ourselves to get through, but there'll be enough for others who are looking on to bless them as well. You know what I found out about 2016 was not only that God gave me what I needed for me to get through it, what I felt as a church and the way we responded during that time was that actually there wasn't only just enough for us as a church to get through it, but there was an overflow effect. People were watching us at that time and saying, wow, the way you handled yourself, the way you didn't give up, the way you didn't give in, the, the way you've been able to see God in a positive light through that season, that has blessed me in my season. And because that, I realise I can go through my season, that's the overflow effect. See, when God gives you His grace, He gives you more than you need. So there's an overflow effect in order to bless others because we are here on planet Earth, not just to be a blessing, but to be a blessing to, sorry, not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing to others. Are you with me this morning? I believe that all these seasons of our lives are sent for a purpose. And just in concluding, when it comes to shadows, remember these three things very quickly. Shadows are always bigger than your reality. Have you ever been outside? And even now as I look, these lights are casting a shadow. And the shadow is more often than not much bigger than you are. Even now as I look at my shadow, I think, oh, I wish I was actually that tall. You know what I'm saying? It's just, wow, it's much bigger. Have you ever done that? When it's late in the afternoon or in the morning, you have this, this shadow of yourself. It's like, you know, 27 metres long. It's much bigger than you are. Shadows create something that's much bigger than the realities. 90% of your worries will never ever come to pass. Secondly, shadows can't hurt you. There's a difference between being hit by me or being hit by my shadow. If I punch you in the head, you're going to feel it. If my shadow punches you in the head, you're not going to feel it. Shadows all talk. Don't be scared of the shadows. Don't worry about the shadows. And thirdly, shadows only appear when there's a source of light. Here's the good news. You can't have a shadow without light. So wherever there's a shadow, there's also light. And in every dark season of your life, in every shadow season of your life, there's a light of hope. There's a light of peace. There's a light of joy. There's light that's going to help you through your darkest, toughest season. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 